0: So let me throw a hypothetical situation at you. Let's say you bought a train ticket for $50 to go from one city to another city. At the last minute, your friend shows up, a friend that maybe you haven't seen in a while and you'd like to hang out with. And this friend offers to drive you instead of you taking the train. The only thing is the train ticket is non-refundable. So if you go with your friend, you lose your $50. So in that example, what would you do? Would you waste the $50 and go with your friend Or would you stick with your original plan, go on the train and make use of this ticket that you've already purchased? So now consider a slightly more complicated example with slightly higher stakes. Let's say you wanna paint your house. You find a painter, they say it's gonna cost $1,000 to paint the house. So you pick out the color and tell the painter to start. You go away, you come back the next day, it is half finished and you realize after looking at it that you don't like this paint color. It's not really what you had in mind for whatever reason. So you talk to the painter, it turns out because he's only half done, you've only spent $500. So you spent $500 to realize that you don't really like this color. What do you do? You can spend another $500 and he will finish the house in that color that you don't really like. Or he can start over again with a brand new paint color, one that you're sure you'll like this time, but it's going to cost $1,000 and you essentially have to forfeit this $500 that's already been spent. So both these examples illustrate an interesting human quirk. And that is that human beings are more likely to invest resources into things they've already invested in. So it's known as the sunk costs fallacy. So what are sunk costs? Sunk costs are time, money, energy, resources, anything like that that has been spent in the past and you can no longer recover it. Nothing you can do can get that money back. So let's say you spend $100 buying some paint and you paint a wall blue and now you decide "Ah, I really don't like blue There's no way to unpaint that wall and take that paint back. The, The paint has been used. The money is gone You can choose to keep the blue paint or you can buy some new paint with some new money and paint that wall a different color But there's nothing that you can do to get your original investment back in a lot of ways Sunk costs are kind of the opposite of an investment. An investment is something that you can, you know, you put your money in and then you can get your money back. Sunk costs are something that you spend money on or time on and you can never get it back. So I think the biggest problem with sunk costs is the temptation to almost look into the past and use that cost as some kind of a determining factor for making a future decision. So you're like, well, because I spent so much money on this paint already, I should probably just spend the additional $500 and finish painting the house. So let's consider the train example again. You've spent $50 in the past. That is a sunk cost. You can never get that money back. The ticket is non-returnable. So if you actually look at that, kick it as almost like a gift from your past self into your future self. You can essentially decide now to go on this train for free, or you can go into your friend's car for free with the added benefit that you get there faster and you get to see your friend. So if you ignore the sunk costs in that moment, the decision becomes quite simple. Go with your friend. However, it's not always that simple for human beings. For whatever reason, we get tripped up by this past sunk cost because it represents a past decision that we've made and we don't like to be wrong or wasteful. And if we go with our friend, there's like this sort of a tickling in the back of our minds that says, you wasted $50 or you made a decision and now you're admitting that it was the wrong decision. You bought that ticket and you didn't actually have to buy the ticket. Maybe you should have asked your friend earlier. So I think this is the root of the sunk cost problem, this fear of making a new decision that might negate a past decision or this fear of wasting resources. So the two examples that I've given so far are with regards to money being the sunk cost. So what about time? What's an example for that? Let's say you go to a movie theater, you watch half the movie and you realize that you hate this movie. You don't want to sit through it. You have this hour of sunk cost invested in this movie. But it's still a whole nother hour until the movie's over. So you have this choice to sit there and endure this next hour. But then at least you've completed the movie. You didn't admit to making a bad decision. Or you can leave the movie theater... Admit to making a bad decision that you chose the wrong movie, but at least you get an hour back of your life because you don't sit there for the next hour and continue to watch this bad movie. So the question is, would you leave that movie theater? Have you ever left a movie theater when you didn't like the movie? I think a lot of people will sit there and watch a movie even when they know they don't like it. I think this is especially true if you're the type of person who's a finisher. Once I start a project, once I start pushing towards something, I often like to finish it just for the sake of finishing it. But I think sometimes it's a bit of a trap, like in the example of this movie. Here's a movie that I don't want to watch anymore. I could go do something else instead that was more productive with my time. But it involves admitting that I started something that I no longer want to finish. I have to admit that, that I made the wrong decision, and sort of push that away, walk of the theater. So that example was pretty low stakes. In the worst case, you only waste a couple hours of your time in this movie theater. But what if we look at a higher stake example? Let's say you just finished your third year in a degree, a four-year degree. So you have one more year in this degree, but after the third year, you finally admit to yourself that you despise this topic, you hate this degree, and there's no way you're gonna work in this field ever again. So this is a trickier example because you have three years of sunk cost into that degree. You might have parents, friends and family who are like cheering you on, they really want you to get this degree. So you have this choice. First option, put one more year in, you end up with this degree that you don't like, you're never gonna use and then move on with your life. The second choice would be, if you know that you're not going to use that degree, then actually move on to what you really want to do right now. See, this one is tricky, and I think a lot of people go through this in school. I think I would be tempted to just finish the degree, right? Just get it over with, and then figure what you want to do next. But I actually know a couple people that have, after three years, left their degree and moved on and gone and done something better. Like there's one example, uh, Ryan Holiday. Um, he's kind of interesting. He writes a lot of books about stoicism. Uh, he has other, some other marketing books. He runs businesses. But he's got a story like that. So I think he was only a few years into his degree, maybe less. And He got hired to be basically the marketing manager for American Apparel. And he kind of had this choice, should he finish his degree or should he move on and become this big shot marketing manager for a really big company. So if you're a person that's kind of tortured by sunk costs, this is gonna be a really hard decision because you've put three years into it, only one year left versus leave now and start that thing that you've always wanted to start. So why is this a problem? Why are sunk costs such an issue for us humans? I think there's a few reasons. Number one, I think that our world, our culture, society, values consistent people, values dependable people, people that persevere no matter what, kind of like that soldier on attitude. No matter what, just keep pushing Nobody wants to be seen as wishy-washy and kind of flippant, you know, bouncing back and forth between decisions. So I think another reason, I think it comes down to kind of pride and ego, in general, people don't like to admit that they made a bad decision. They don't like to admit that they were wrong. So in a lot of ways, rather than admit they were wrong, it's like almost like people would rather double down on that decision. So an example might be stock trading. Here's something that I've actually noticed about myself. Let's say you buy that $1000 stock and it drops to $500. Nobody likes to sell that stock because as soon as you sell it, you're basically admitting defeat and you've just admitted that you've lost half your money. So if you sit there and hold it and hope that it goes back up and one day it goes back up, it's almost seen as a sign of perseverance. But here's something that I've always tried to get in my head. Like, let's say that stock falls in half, and now that stock is sitting there, and you need that stock to double back to $1,000 to get your money back so that you can sell it and break even. You have a choice at this point to either sell that stock and buy a different stock that maybe has a higher chance of doubling. So say there's this other exciting stock over here that you think might go two times. You have a choice to sell this, get your $500 back, put the $500 into this stock that might double, and then watch it double back up to $1,000. Or you have the choice to kind of stick to your guns, hold that $500 stock, and hope that it goes back up. Something that I've noticed about myself is that I'm much more likely to kind of hold that stock, even if I think it's less likely that that stock would double compared to a brand new stock. So that's another example of sunk costs affecting my decisions. The smart move would be to say, forget the past, I have $500 right now. Where should I put that money? And almost look for the best choice where you're gonna double your money. And keeping it in that existing old losing investment isn't necessarily the best choice, it often isn't. So another reason why I think sunk costs are a problem for us is that we don't like to waste things. We don't like to waste resources. So going back to the train ticket example, we've spent $50 on this train ticket. We don't really want to just throw away this $50 ticket. It's worth something. And here's something that your friend is giving you that is essentially free but more valuable. But for some reason, we put a higher cost on this train ticket because it cost actual money. However, if you look at it more like a gift from your past self, so your past self has gifted you a ride on the train, and then your friend is gifting you a ride in their car, you can kind of now begin to equate these things without worrying about the wasted money. I think another reason why sunk costs are a problem for us is it's almost like there's this perception issue of being a quitter. Like, let's say you do something like go to medical school, and now you're a doctor, or let's say you're a lawyer. You know, both those things require a lot of schooling. And then you decide that you don't want to be a doctor anymore. Or let's say you want to be a singer. Or what if you don't want to be a lawyer anymore, you want to be a photographer. The thing about being a doctor, being a lawyer, being, you know, engineer, all these types of things is they're quite prestigious. And a lot of people might look at you, Like, you're a little bit crazy if you walk away from these careers, especially if they're paying a lot of money. And, you know, your family or parents might be enjoying a little bit of status from you being a doctor, for example. Like, I'm sure every parent loves to say, my child's a doctor. And then that person chooses to walk away from it and waste all those years of education. It's possible that many people wouldn't be very happy with you. So I think at the root of this problem is this issue, and that is that culture doesn't like quitters. And something that I've sort of come to realize from reading podcasts, basically listening to a lot of successful people, is this. The more successful a person is, oftentimes the more likely they are to quit things that don't matter so that they can focus on the things that really do matter. So on one hand, you've got hoarders. Those are the people that keep everything. Like, let's say we're talking about stuff. They keep everything, even things they might not need. And then on on the other end of the spectrum, you've got minimalists, people that don't keep anything, just the bare essentials. That is an analogy that uses stuff. But I think that analogy can also be applied to a lot of other things like ideas or hobbies. Like if you have 10 hobbies and you don't really have time to do any of them that well, you're probably not going to be very good at any of them. Whereas if you focus on maybe one or two of those hobbies, you can excel a lot easier and become really good at it and maybe even become successful. So in a way, success depends on saying no to those other eight things. So on one hand, you've got culture that kind of tells you don't be a quitter, persevere. But on the other hand, I think in order to really see success, you have to learn how to quit. Like, let's say you start a business. Two years in, you realize this isn't working. Like, The interesting thing about businesses is that often... They kind of work or they don't. And you can never really tell which ones are going to work before you start. But the ones that work kind of just almost are like, are like snowballs. They start small and they kind of just build themselves. And before you realize it, this thing is this like giant snowball. But then there's other ideas where you're kind of, you feel like you're just pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing's coming of it. So I think a good entrepreneur realizes that up front and then says, you know what, I'm gonna ignore those sunk costs. I spent two years working on this, but it's not working. I've got another idea that I'm gonna do instead. And then maybe they build that into a big one. Whereas a stubborn person, a person who doesn't want to quit, a person who doesn't want to admit that they were wrong or made a bad decision, might keep doing that bad business for another 10 years and struggle and struggle and struggle. Eventually they might go bankrupt and lose all their money when the smart person you know, failed really early and then now has already moved on to the next idea, maybe use that information that they learned, maybe they learned some lessons and then apply that to this new idea. I think, in a way, what this comes down to is it's almost like self confidence is the downfall here, which is kind of opposite to a lot of the things that I have to say. I'm usually on here saying, you know, trust in yourself, listen to yourself. But in a way, when it comes to this sunk cost fallacy, if you're stubborn, self confidence almost becomes a shield to never admitting that you're wrong. And I think it's really important to have the self-awareness, obviously, to look at what you're doing, look at yourself and admit, okay, this was wrong, I accept that mistake, but now let me look to the future and make a new decision based on the new information that I have in front of me. So I think one of the most tragic examples of sunk costs is relationships. So I actually read a few different studies related to this, but the end result of this one study I read is that people are more likely to stay in a bad relationship the longer they've been in that relationship. So let's say you've been in a relationship for one year, they actually calculated it out, how many days you would be willing to stay in that bad relationship before you leave. And a person who's been in a 10 year relationship is basically willing to stay much longer than a person who's been in one year or endure much more pain and abuse compared to a person who's been in a shorter relationship. And so this is an example of sunk costs because let's say you're in a relationship that has turned bad. Let's say it's turned abusive or let's just say it's turned kind of toxic or unfulfilling in some way. But you've spent 10 years building this. You've built this relationship for 10 years. You have a lot of sunk costs, a lot of time, a lot of resources. And the thing about relationships is they're, much more complicated, I mean, especially if you have kids, and there's so many things completely intertwined into this relationship. But in the end, I think the same principles exist. If you forget about the past, and look at anything that you've received from that work or that effort as sort of a gift in this moment, do you even want that gift? So sort of like this, let's say somebody gives you an ugly sweater. And you look at the sweater and you're like, that is ugly. I'm never going to wear that. No, thanks. Please take away your ugly sweater. But now let's say that you want to learn how to knit and you spend all this time learning how to knit and then you spend like six months knitting this sweater. And let's say it's just as ugly as the sweater that somebody tried to give to you that you immediately just rejected. Now you have this ugly sweater that you have a lot of sunk costs. You got six months of effort into this sweater. You might also have money as well. In that case, though, people are much more likely to just take that sweater and put it in their drawer and be like, oh, I'll wear this eventually. And then it sits in their drawer for five, six, seven, ten 10 years. They never wear it. And they almost like can't throw it out because of the amount of time it took to make this sweater, even though it's just useless and it's never going to get worn. So in a way, this can almost be an analogy for a relationship. If somebody were to come along and give you your relationship as a new relationship and say, would you like this relationship with all these qualities? And you would say, no, I don't want that relationship. That's a bad relationship. However, if you spent 10 years building that relationship and you had all this time invested, you might stay in that relationship no matter what, or at least stay longer or handle more abuse just because of those sunk costs. I think the secret with the relationships with regards to sunk costs is you have to ask this question. If you were starting all over again today, you were starting fresh and all you had were possibilities in front of you, would you choose that person or would you choose that relationship again if you were starting fresh? And if the answer is no, you wouldn't choose that person, I believe that's a good reason for some reflection. If the answer is yes, I would choose that person again, no matter what, then in a way you have your answer that at this point, you're not just staying in the relationship because of some costs, you would choose that person all over again. And if you think about it, think about a time in the past where you've actually left somebody for legitimate reasons. Did you miss them afterwards? Maybe. Did you regret the decision? I would say in most cases, probably not. Most people, after they leave somebody and make a decision, don't regret the decision later. So I think that the secret to all these sunk costs is to almost forget about the past. But here's the thing. The past sometimes gives you things that you can use for the future. Like let's say you did get that degree and now you've learned some skills that you can use for the future. Well then that obviously comes into play when making a decision. So in a way what you have to do is look at that experience, look at those skills, look at those things that you've received as gifts from your former self. Sort of like if somebody was giving you a sweater. So if somebody gave you this really ugly sweater, you have no problem saying, no, I don't want that anymore. I don't like that ugly sweater. Um, If somebody gave you a really nice sweater, though, obviously you would take that sweater. So if you went to law school, got your degree, you now have this law degree. It's like your past self giving you, your future self, this law degree. It's like, hey, do you want this degree? You can go on and do lawyer stuff with this degree. And I don't wanna come down on lawyers. It's just an example, because I think it takes a long time to get it. I know lots of happy lawyers. I know some miserable lawyers as well. But if somebody were to gift you this law degree with zero effort now, would you want to take that gift and do it? If someone gifted you uh, you know, and you were a doctor, would you wanna do that? If the answer is yes, then that's the example of a nice gift that you would actually take and you can actually move forward in that direction. However, if it's more like that ugly sweater where it's like, ah, what am I going to use that for? That's just going to sit in my closet. No thanks. I think for myself, I really struggle with this issue. I like to finish things. I don't like to admit that I wasted time or wasted resources. I really hate that actually. So for myself, this is actually a really big issue and it's something that I'm trying to work on. To have the confidence to stop doing stuff, to throw away things. You know, this hobby isn't producing what I you know, want in my life, so I'm going to get rid of it and focus more on this thing or this business idea or whatever. So I also wanted to talk quickly about some new features that I have on my website. So I redid my website this past week, and on there now I have this Ask a Question spot. And you can actually go on there, you click a button, and you can record up to 90 seconds asking an audio question. And what I was thinking, depending on how many people use this feature, and if I get some good questions, is I was thinking about making some videos responding to people's questions. There's often a lot of comments on these videos, but in a way, I find them less personable, because you can't, like, hear this person. So anyway, I found this cool WordPress plugin that will record these questions. So I'll put a link in the description below if you wanna go ask a question about this video or maybe some other topic, go for it. Click on that link, click the button, and it will send that audio recording to me. And what I'm thinking is that I'll pick maybe the top question every week and make a short video on it or maybe add it to an existing video, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, but I think it might be a cool way and then actually play back these audio questions. So another announcement that I wanted to make is I've actually registered and set up a podcast now. So for now, what I'm gonna do is basically just take the audio from these videos and make it a podcast episode as well. So if you're the type of person that likes to listen to podcasts instead of videos, you can now listen to these as podcasts instead. So I'll put the link in the description below to the podcasts. I just got it set up yesterday, so I haven't fully tested everything yet. By the time I post this video, I'm sure I will have had time to test it all. So I'll put the links below, but you should be able to find it on any podcast app, hopefully. And if you can't find it for some reason, let me know and I'll try to figure out what's going on. Anyway guys, thanks for checking out the video. Go to my website and leave a question because I think that could be fun. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks.